Welcome to the Johnny Cassell Show. This is your number one resource for dating and lifestyle advice. Hi guys, welcome back to my channel. Uh, today I have a very special guest with me. I've managed to nab, literally from breakfast, uh, over here in West Hollywood, uh, Director of Operations of the Athletic Performance Branch, Mr. Greg Scholars. Good to have you on, Greg. Thank you, thank you very much. So, tell us a bit about your story, Greg. Like, what, what got you up to the position where you are now, where you're, you know, in a position where you're looking after this fantastic complex over in Texas? Well, truly, it was kind of a, a just an overall blessing. I uh, was one of those kids that we try to inspire. I, I grew up in a situation where there was a single parent, five kids. Uh, we moved wherever we could pay rent. Uh, and we moved into a small town called White Settlement uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can still say the guy's name, Fred Thetford, uh, was the father of one of the kids that was on my fifth grade team. And uh, I, I went out to play peewee football. And, you know, there was a cost. Uh, you had to have your, your birth certificate to say your age and, you know, a little physical. But then you also had to pay to be a part of the team. Well, right. As a fifth grader, I went out to practice every day. I was I was a new kid in the town. I was making friends. Coaches were very excited about guiding us. Uh, but somewhere in my fifth grade brain, I never thought uh, to bring it up to my mom that hey, you got to pay this fee. Uh, and literally, she showed up. At, the coach shows up at my house one day. Traditionally, when he would pick me up, I'd be ready to go with my pads on and everything. And this time, he showed up before I was ready, and he had an opportunity to meet my mom. And you know, and the, this was in the, the the 70s in the U.S. Very safe place. You could go and take off with anybody you wanted and go play sports. And um, Mr. Thetford set the door, and he all I hear when I run into the front door with my pads all clacking was my mom say fees. Oh no, she says no, we don't have any money for fees. Greg, he's got brothers. He can play in the front yard. <laughs> we don't have any money for that. But Mr. Thetford literally uh, talked to my mom. He arranged a scenario where I got to play. Uh, not only did he arrange a scenario where I got to play there, I got to play baseball, I boxed, I ran track, I did everything in White Selman sports, and no one ever asked. And, and you know, as a, as a young kid, I didn't know why, but as an adult, I realized Mr. Thetford stepped in and took care of that for me. Oh, wow. What a blessing. Yes, it was a huge blessing, but um, through sports, myself and my brother, we, it changed our lives. We, you know, low economic family, uh, every statistic out there said that, you know, you were headed either to a very terrible job or to prison. Uh, right. And through sports, you know, we were both able to go to college. I went to TCU, I became a, an elite sprinter. And I take all that back to the time I spent in my settlement and Mr. Thetford and his, his generosity. So, you know, years later, I got into a position where I could do the same thing. Well, that, yeah, uh, I see where that. I could be that guy, I could help. And uh, I did that. I met a, I met a gentleman who was a big a big giver uh, in Fort Worth, and he liked the passion I had for helping kids. And he says, "Great, we're going to build a place where you can do this full time." And you know, you think you hear that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's just like pub chat. We yeah, call it in the UK. yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's basically what you felt like it was. But he had children. His family had a history in sports. He was just he. If you ever met the guy, you'd think he was kind of an angel. Uh, but he basically said, "Hey, we're going to build this place. We're going to help kids." And uh, I thought we were going to build a little small gym, but he built a place that actually is, it's, it's, it's an amazing facility you can bring from NBA players all the way down to little kids who've never played a sport in their life. 
and there's something out there for them to get better. Yeah. Uh, so they call it Athletic Performance Ranch because it truly is on a ranch. And the whole idea behind this facility was one, to help kids who uh, were going to some of our inner city schools that just don't have an opportunity to have great facilities. But then two, there are kids whose parents are just gung-ho, they invest everything they can to help their kids become that star athlete. Yeah. Well, we wanted to give those parents a place where they can bring their kids and not feel pressured to, to, to spend money that they don't truly have. Right. Uh, but then we also created a place that is unique and so nice that the NBA player can come there. That's uh, amazing. Oh, have, that, have that in your environment as an aspiring you know, oh, young guy. Oh, gosh. Wow. Well, it's, the cool thing about it is, is the, those little kids get to see NBA players, NFL players, Major League Baseball players maybe roam around the place. The heroes. The heroes. Yeah. But they also get a little bit of a reality check. Uh, you know, they get to see that, wow, you know, we see some guys who look like they should be all world, but they're trying to, you know, make a team. Yeah. And if this guy can't make a team, you know, I always joke and say, well, when they see that guy and he hasn't made a team, kind of gives them a head start on focusing on algebra. Right, and, yeah. and that, that's that's really kind of the concept behind the place is give a kid where they have opportunity to develop their sports capabilities, but also give them a, a get back to what sports are really supposed to be, you know, teamwork, community, uh, faith in others, uh, hard work, and also the fact that you actually have to learn a skill. Mm-hmm. We believe that those same skills can be transferred to anything. And Absolutely. If you can lead a football team, why can't say you lead a company? Mm-hmm. You know, if you, yeah. if, you, if you can be the guy to make the shot to win the game when there's 10,000 people yelling at you, why can't you be the guy to make a decision at Nassau as to whether it's time to take off or not? Yeah. Same kind of pressures in a sense. So, mm-hmm. you know, our goal is to use sports to kind of broaden the person and, and allow their, their, the spirit whatever it may be to grow inside. So that's why I really liked when you said something about sports psychology. Yeah, because again, like, you know, what really resonates with what you're saying is like, I, I do believe in that. I believe that there's a lot of things that are taught through sports. For me, like when I was young, I did boxing and, you know, the me disciplines, too. right? Yes. So the disciplines in boxing, oh. it's like, they're life skills. Life skills and, you know, and I know you can relate to this. When you are in a situation where things seem to get out of hand, you're a lot more calm. Because you know what a fight can do. You know this patience of a saint. You, yeah. Well, you do. You don't, you're not ready to just, you know, you know how it feels to get punched in the face. <laughs> that's Literally. That's, and I think it goes, because I'm all about like, you know, what I say to a lot of guys I work with is you've got to practice taking risk in, risk in all areas of your life. And for me, like at an early age, that was just turning up to the gym and then your trainer going, right, who's sparring tonight? And you knew if you didn't go, yet yeah, me, like you'd feel less of a man throughout that whole session for not stepping up. Yes. Yeah, and what does it say about you? And you know, then our conversation went on from the we were talking about the transition from the boy to the man. That is it. That, and, and you know, I think sports is that great thing. I mean, it, you, you, I've seen kids come to me and they can't even look at you. They're as shy as can be. Right. I've well, been that guy. Yeah. And then now all of a sudden I've got them talking in front of the team. Wow. And now I've got them talking in front of the team and the parents. And where does that confidence come from? From to you know to be able to, that transition. How how how's that developed? I, I I think it's developed through giving a positive opportunity. If you're looking to develop this area of your life, head on over to my website johnnycassell.com and start your journey today. You know, a lot of times public speaking is one of the scariest things can happen yeah. to people. But now if you're, you know, you've gotten to know these guys because they're your teammates mm-hmm. and, you know, you, you've, you've slowly have developed such a friendship that, oh, you know, I don't mind saying something. 
in front of these guys. Uh -huh. Well, okay, if you can talk in front of your friends on the team, next thing you know, you're talking in front of your classmates. Mm -hmm. But the, but you're there's there's I could probably talk for an hour about all the lessons, the little lessons that can come through sports that make such a big if if done the right way. If I, and I believe the only way is through positive reinforcement. Yeah. You know, we have a saying that you know for every one thing you say negative to a kid, you need to find ten things positive. Right. Because that, that I like that. That's a part I really of like that. Not just not just to your kid, by the way. I mean, I mean, just as yourself, I think you know. In life. Because because I think by default we're so hardwired to think about the things that we lack, the things that we don't have, and we need a mechanism in place that's kind of you know self coaching us to build up that self esteem yeah. and positivity. If you think about man and spirituality, that's what it's always been there for, is to protect us from the unknown is to give us a sense of safety because there's something else there that supports us. Well, that's what the team does in sports. That's what the coach is supposed to do in sports. Yes. To believe in us when we don't believe in ourselves and teach us how to risk and believe in others. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but that's, you know, that's where the psychology and the, the true power of sports have come. You know, we've lost our way. We've, you know, money is has taken over sports. What did, what did you say? It was a really funny term that you said over, over breakfast earlier. You said, uh, Cha-ching, what is it? Oh, Cha-chinglish. Cha-chinglish. <laughs> yeah, that's my, my brother coined that phrase. He says, you know, in America, in a lot of ways, that is the language, Cha-chinglish. It's, it's if, you know, if it makes money, it makes sense, you know, and, and, uh, and that's where I like a lot of what happened, a lot of what's happening in sports is gone. It's taken away the ability to play just for the passion. There's a direction driven towards money, not towards the lesson. I, I joke, I played on a team in that same little town, and I think if we, if we lost a football game uh, by 36 to 0, that was a great game for us. And we, we, we didn't win a game the whole season. Right. And I always tell people, that was the best thing ever happened to me. Because I still had to come back to practice. Right. I still had to work with those same guys. Right. We, you know, you, you want to blame this guy or blame that guy, blame the coach. We had to work through all that where there wasn't any blame. There wasn't so much a victory bar as the points, but there was the victory in getting out there and continuing to play. I love that. And it, 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 ma and it made victory so much sweeter later in life because mm -hmm. you, you really learn to love the game. And, 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 and in life, there's so much, I, I can't tell you, and I don't mean to just uh, talk too much, but. No, talk in, too much, please. In life, that is, that is, we missed the whole deal. Failure is, that's where you win, because mm. that's where you learn. Mm. Yeah. Because it's, you know, it's the getting up that makes us stronger. Yeah. It's not just, you know, people carrying you on yourself. your Yeah, it's not, the, it's not the people celebrating you and carrying you on your shoulder that makes you great. No. It's the getting up when you fail. You know, you, you, I think your colleague mentioned Michael Jordan. Yes. And one of his greatest quotes is, you know, everybody wants to talk about the, the ones he made. But he, they, they don't know about those 300,000 shots that he missed this is, to get there. So, you know, that's what we have an opportunity to teach our kids through sports is we have to wait for those opportunities where they're down to teach them how to get up. Yeah. And that's, sports gives you that over and over. You, you shoot the basket, you got a 50-50 chance of it going in. Uh -huh. As soon as you miss, here's the opportunity. Get the ball back in their hand and let them shoot again. And let's just keep shooting until we make it. I love this coaching call, man. Really, I'm like, talking my language. But, but, but that's that's what it is, you know. And and that's what, and track is my real passion and my love because yeah. in track, you know, there's 
you don't you can win you can be in very last place and you can win because you can perform better than you performed the last time. right it's about beating yourself again there you go mm -hmm. and and no i don't know those are the, the the psychological lessons that i think you know you're not going to be able to play football basketball box all those things for the rest of your life but you will constantly be put in situations where you have an opportunity to overcome you have the opportunity to lift up a teammate uh, you have the opportunity to encourage someone and all of those are the real values that I think sometimes because of the media and the money that we forget that these are the lessons that are happening on that field all day. Those, in, those, those national championship football teams or basketball teams, they didn't win that championship just because they had LeBron James. They won it because somebody learned to be selfless and learned to work together and they communicated and grew something special. Yeah. So, so you know, you being the, um the director of all the operations there. Do you actually get a chance to actually coach yourself also? Yeah, yeah. I, I, and that's really like the pay. Actually, my main benefactor, uh, uh, Mike, when we first met, I was an investment manager at Merrill Lynch. Right. And uh, every day I'd get off the job, I'd go to uh, TCU, the university I, worked, I went to school at, and I'd jump out of my suit in the bathroom, and I'd go out and, I call it literally playing, I'd go out and coach kids on speed and conditioning. And to me, that was my reward for today. And that's still the way I feel today because, you know, when you're, you know, it just energizes you watching children challenge themselves. Right. When you see the kid who six months ago couldn't bench press, you know, 50 pounds, now he's doing 60. Yeah. I mean, there's, it, doesn't, it just doesn't get any better than that. It's not about how much weight they lifted, but they learn to better themselves. Yeah. That's yeah. what I love about like sports and the fitness industry. Like you can't deny the progress. You can't. It's it's there. You can't. You can't deny it. Um, and 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 you can't replace that feeling that you get when you better yourself. And you know. And, and how that my big thing is is trying to make sure kids, parents, uh, and, and and understand how this all translates to life. Because yeah. this is your. You can live out a whole life lesson or a whole life event in a, in a sporting event, uh, in a practice session, you know, you can see a kid come to, come to work, if you will, with the weight of the day on their shoulder. Well, it's like, it's like running, right? Like, I mean, you know, I can only speak to a certain level of experience because I'm not at my optimal fitness level at the moment. But, you know, if you go out for a jog, say, anyone can really relate to this, you know, that you start running out of breath and then, you know, then it becomes not about a battle of you know, how much fitness you've got. It's about battle of your mind. Like, can I just push through? Can I really do this? Yeah. You know? And it's at times when I remember being at my, you know, my fittest. And then not trained for ages. And I, I remember this circuit I used to do. It was like a, I don't know, a six mile run. I get out the door and just remember that six mile run, not think about the lack of training I've had. And I get to like three quarters of the way and I just be sick in a bush because oh, yeah. <laughs> my mind, like, we're trying to mind over matter sort of thing, right. you know? But that's what, that's what you got to do. Yeah. You gotta do. I always, we joke when we say, you know, free your mind and your butt will follow. Right. I mean, that's just, that's the way it is, you know, about sports. You know, if you, you know, I can't do this, coach. I said, well, as, as soon as we get past that in your brain, your body's ready to go. Yeah. You know, your body's going to go wherever your mind takes you. And that's, you know, that's, I'm at work. I don't want to be there today. You know, well, as soon as you go ahead and get over that mental barrier, now you can actually get to being getting something done. Yeah. So, but that's all right. I don't think they. I think the kids get sick of it. Come on, all right. Free your mind. 
I know that butt's ready to go because if you free your mind, your butt's going to follow. You know, and that's that's in running, that's in lifting, that's in just about everything in life. You know, uh, I don't know how many times me and my wife have conversations. She's, you know, this or that's happening at work. Da da da. I said, well, you know, it's kind of like sports. Like, you know, we got a choice right now. Do we see this as a do we see this as a problem, or do we see this as a, a situation? Yeah, probably. You know, the old Jamaican says, "No problem, man. <laughs> Only situations." <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, you know, you know everybody's the problem. You know, is, is is that? But a situation, we can work our way through. Yeah, yeah. Situation. Like and that's 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 how I think that's what sports treats us, oh, teaches us over and over. Let me ask you something, um, because there's a lot of people in this that you know maybe they're not. You know, they're not athletes and such, but they do just have a desire to kind of just beat themselves on an everyday basis. Just, just get out of fucking bed. Just, just creating a routine. Like, how does? What's your kind of advice for people that are just kind of wanting to do that in their life right now? I mean, I, I think I'm projecting. Well, I think that's my question. Well, I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you pretty much said it. You know, just keep right. going. Mm. You know, don't. That's that's the beauty of uh, of of sport. You know. You can. I've had athletes that if they ran a whole lap, I think they would have died on the spot. Right. So okay, well we're not gonna run a whole lap. Let's just run fifty meters. Yeah. Let's just get started. And then if it's to me, it's just like anything else. It's about setting realistic goals. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes our you know my goal is to be a, an Olympic champion. Well, how about I just be a champion of myself or a champion of my city? You know, set some goals that you can accomplish so little by little. Chunk, chunk down your goals. Yeah, and don't, yeah. you know, and remember that this is not about competing with anyone else but yourself. This is about your own self-satisfaction. And if it gets to a point where you're not enjoying enjoying it, then either you need to refocus or you need to re, re, uh, re, uh, redirect your goals. Right. So if it gets to, you know, they, that old saying, no pain, no gain. I don't believe in that. I don't believe that it has to hurt for you to better yourself. I think no joy, no gain. Well, like if you're that. not having a good time at it, if you're not having a pop, make it something social. Right, because here's the thing, like, you know, and a lot of people I speak to, they, like, they get caught up in going to the gym and stuff like this, and that becomes their routine, but they, it doesn't infuse them. You know, they don't find joy in it, and they just, they find it a bit monotonous. So how would someone just kind of switch up, like, experience the same sort of results, you know, but kind of switch it up where they do find a little bit more joy. I would say, you know, vary what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you say you wanted to run that six minute mile, uh, or you want or you wanted to run a, a six mile run, well, uh, let's let's go out and run one day. The next day, let's go ride a bike. Uh, let's say, next day, let's go walk some hills. So just break the pattern. Yeah, just do yeah. some do different things and you'll be, you'll be amazed how when you go back to that thing that your goal is, you move forward, but don't just pound out the same thing over and over and over. It's really interesting we're talking about this now because something that I share with a lot of my students is, you know, if you want to make an impact with someone, you've got to break the expected pattern. And, you know, from what we discussed just then, it's about that is absolutely true. We've got to remind ourselves to do that for ourselves because we don't actually stimulate ourselves if we get caught up in that monotony. Yeah. It's the same thing. If, if we go out having a conversation with someone, you know, and it's, it's always a, hey, what, what do you do? Where are you from? How old oh. you are? Like, that yeah. for me is the yawn zone. Right. But, but we're, what we're talking about now is like, we're in danger of putting ourselves in the yawn zone. Yeah. We do, I really we like this. this. This really resonates. We do, that, we do that constantly. But, and then, you know, for me as a coach, you know, again, I think we got to use that same, it's hard, but we got, because I think the thing that challenges people most 
is seeing the beauty in themselves. Yeah. We, 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 we look for our shortcomings. You know, we don't get up and look in the mirror and say, oh my gosh, I look so great. We look at all the things in the mirror that we need to fix. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, if anything, to really appreciate yourself. And then, you know, we have kind of a spiritual component to, to, to what we do. And I don't care what your faith is. Um, and, you know, people talk about prayer. Um, I've always taught my son and I always believe, you know, when you, prayer is not something you do. Um, prayer is an opportunity to be thankful. And the more you, if you just spend just ten, practicing that gratitude, yes, of, of yourself. If yeah. you just, if you just spend ten or so minutes, it, it doesn't even have to be ten minutes, thirty seconds or a minute, thinking about the things that are good about yourself, you'd be amazed how much more energized and how much better you feel. No, I, I completely agree. And and as my son, I tell my wife, I say, hey, Gregory, go pray. I mean, I, you know, let's think about the list of things that yeah. are, you know, and it, it's always got to be a very thankful. If you can't do anything but say, man, I'm thankful that I'm, I was able to turn the light switch off. Yeah. But, you know, you start with those little things. And before you know it, you, you're amazed with how, um, how amazing you are. But, but our society and nothing really takes time to think it, about. It, it's so true. It's so true. Um, and and, and that, this is not us like sitting here saying that you've got to go out and become a born-again Christian. No, that's, <laughs> absolutely that's not. not it. It's, it's not it. It's, it's just like, just take the moment and just go, okay, what am I thankful for? Yes. You know? And, and, and you know, when people talk about spiritual faith, faith doesn't have to be in, in you know, I'm not trying to tell anyone to go say, oh, I'm going to be uh, faithful to the Catholic Church or faithful. No, have faith in yourself. Yeah. Understand that you're okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the real It's drawing point. up those reference points, isn't it? To, that gets you there to get the reaffirms that that's why I am awesome. I yeah. Well, I mean, you you can't. I mean, I can't move forward always stepping backwards. And and you know, the first thing to move forward is to say, okay, I'm up. I'm I'm, I'm I got I got a smile. There's something there that's okay for me to move forward. I mean, we spend so much time moving backwards, you know, and it's easier now because of the automation. You can just. And flick through all these other people's lives and look how terrible they are, we, you know. Because I mean, but we don't we don't spend enough. I don't, I, that's my own personal thing, and I don't mean to get on a tangent about that. But we don't. I think we need to spend more time starting with just we're okay. Yeah. You know, and, and it don't have to be uh, five foot eight, one hundred eighteen pounds, and you know to be okay. That was what my, I'm gonna tell you what the best information I ever got about that kind of stuff. Yeah. My older sister. I was guess I was maybe. 11 or 12 years old and I thought I was gonna at that age where I could go and date and what have you or you know at least found interesting girls so I go to my sister I'm like Angela am I good looking she says no Greg you're average work on your personality <laughs> best everything ever yeah, told me yeah uh, it was the best yeah. thing so now I knew that you know I had to actually be a nice person you <laughs> yeah, work on being a nice person it's the best thing ever happened to me I mean <laughs> I was like okay well then and I asked her what that meant. She says, be yourself right off the bat. She says, people love people who are themselves. Yeah. Be yourself. And girls will love that. And yeah. I, you know, my sister's beautiful to me and she's old, she's six years older. And I was like, okay. So they're not gonna just, I'm not gonna be the guy they're gonna look across the room and be like, oh, I gotta have him. I gotta be the guy with, that goes over and says, hey, how you doing? I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> but I quickly learned that that was a big deal to actually go and talk to people. Yeah. Girls, you know, and I'm, I, you know, guys always get mad and they say, well, why is that guy, how did that guy get her? Yeah. You know, this average looking guy says, yeah. this beautiful girl. I said, well, he probably said hello. Yeah, yeah. And then, you and, guys and, are sitting and, over there going, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and I feel like, like the LA look. It's just like, the look, yeah. like, 
what's going on? I tried that a couple times and while I'm standing there giving the look, this other guy walks over and says hello and I'm like, oh man. <laughs> That's it, that's it. And that's the worst that can happen, you know? It is. Like, that's the consequence of not taking action. There you go. <laughs> and I, t- I tell my son, I said, the worst thing can happen is she can say no. But at least she'll remember you. Yeah. Go over and crack up a conversation. She'll remember you. And, and and the bottom line is, when you're walking across the room to talk to the cutest girl in the room... Well, the other girls are looking at you also. There you have it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it right there. <laughs> that's great as well. There really is, right? Every guy can resonate with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know. Back when we were young, they'd have dances. And, you know, every so often they'd play a slow song. And that's all you guys really came for. You know, if you could get that girl and slow dance with her, you yeah. could get her closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you had to be in the right position when that slow song come up. Don't be in the bathroom. You have to come running out. Right. Oh, dang it. Somebody's <laughs> already got her. <laughs> <laughs> it's so okay, good. I'm sorry. Every girl likes to dance, guys. Yes, they slides on They them. do. Without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely love a guy that will dance. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's yeah, just give it a go. You're just confident. They, you know, mm-hmm. they are attracted to people who are confident in themselves, or at least comfortable with themselves. Try to evolve from the dad dancer. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so something we spoke about over breakfast a moment ago was also about how, you know, there's certainly a lot of people that achieve great success and amass a great wealth, and you've seen it time and time again in the industry that you're working in, where people just don't manage their money, and like they get used to living a certain lifestyle, but they haven't accounted for you know, when that money's not going to be coming in at the level it once was. Well, so, can you know, talk a little bit about that? And a lot of times, and, and I, don't, I, I can speak about America, but, you know, if you're going to be a potential professional athlete, it, it can be identified as as early as, say, 12 or 13 years old. And when that occurs, uh, the way people treat you, the way they respond to you, is not the same as it would be had they not felt you were going to be this multi-million dollar athlete. So immediately they stop holding you accountable, or they stop treating you as though uh, you're 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 responsible for anything. Everybody's res- everybody's just trying to hang on to you because you're going to be the ticket to everyone's wealth. And I think they they almost arrest the children's development uh, because they they now they don't become as rounded. They don't get to see other things. They only see in their eyes on, I'm going to be in the NBA. I'm going to be in the Major League Baseball player. I'm going to be an NFL player. And they forget that, no, you, what, if, what if actually that's, not, that's something I'm good at, but what if my passion is being a veterinarian mm. or being a, or I just want to drive trucks? Uh, so they never really, I don't think they really develop those things. And once they do achieve this great wealth or, or what appears to be great wealth, because, you know, we could easily say 84% of the NFL players 10 years after leaving the professions with a million dollars or more, they are either broke or in terrible debt. And it's because they don't, they don't, they feel as though life is going to continue to be that privileged life that they've been living since they were 11. Right. Uh, they, they're, they, they're susceptible to things like, hey, you know, I'm going to sell you this house for $6 million. Now, normally it costs nine, but I'm going to give you a deal over your six. Well, I'm special. Everybody else is always giving me things because I'm special. So they actually believe that. So they, they fall victim to a lot of, uh, I guess, predators. Right. Because they don't know any better. They just think that, yeah, or if a guy comes up and says, They're not hey, streetwise. They're not streetwise, yeah. or they'd have no business sense because business has always been something that's just been kind of given to them. Yeah. So they believe that that will continue to happen. 
Uh, and as far as managing their money, that's, that's you know, that's an, you, I know very wealthy people who are not professional athletes who don't understand money management. Me too, me too, absolutely. Like immediately, I'm thinking of someone right now. So what, what tips would you like give someone in, in terms of, you know, if you, you work with these guys all the time, what simple like three tips you well, give Well, first and foremost, they have to, if they understand anything about investing, uh, in, in, you know, you have the invested investments of a 20-year-old, a 30-year-old, 60-year-old, all the way up. Uh, uh, they should be investing like someone who's more of a 50 or 60-year-old because their career is so short, mm -hmm. and so they should be investing like someone who's at the end of their career, someone who's close to retirement, Very good more fixed income, uh, uh, more and less aggressive investment. Mm -hmm. um, and they should also, it should be almost mandatory that they should take a class on money management, uh, making sure that you compartmentalize. You don't want your, the guy who's helping you make the money also being the guy that manages the money. You, know, you want to separate those types of things. You yeah. know, your, your, your money manager, should that should be their responsibility and it should be completely separate from, say, your guy who's out helping you make the Because they're bias? It's bias. Yeah. Uh, there's too many, too many layers that can be crossed over. Uh, it could be too much confusion. And, and you know, that's where a lot of guys have, have uh, had their money mismanaged. Um, the other is it's just... Um, you know, more is not more is not better. And you know, I always say use the rule of five percent. If if you can't live off of five percent of what you have in the bank, mm -hmm. then you're living beyond beyond your means. Your means As a right. professional athlete, right? Because in retirement, you know, five to seven percent uh, is what you'd want to draw off of your wealth mm -hmm. and be able to maintain it. Yeah. And you know, be able to grow and let it rejuvenate so it can continue to do that. So if you know you've got six million dollars in the bank and you're buying a four million dollar house yeah you know it's a little bit of a spending so, yeah and, <laughs> and but you know, no i'm gonna sign my next contract or i'm gonna make this huge business deal or, or making bets like making purchases on, on on bets that certain amount of money's coming in next month yeah month. <laughs> oh i i i've had uh i won't mention the name but a guy with three super bowl rings I was training this guy, and at the time he owed me say two hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. And uh, I get the check, I cash it, it bounces. I say, well, you know, maybe he just forgot to move the money from one account to another. Right. He's like, oh, Greg, I'm sorry, um, my new contract will be kicking in next month. So that immediately told me, if you've got three Super Bowl rings and you're broke in August, waiting on a September check, <laughs> yeah. there's a real serious problem there. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you tons of stories of, of guys who just, and they're, they're wonderful people, great hearts, but they're just, you know, no one's prepared them for that. Mm. So that's, that's another one of the things that we are trying to do is make sure that our kids are educated and, and, and they're, they're exposed to, exposure is 90% of it. If, if I've never been exposed to a pair of Gucci shoes and somebody comes and tells me, here, here's a pair of Gucci shoes that are going to cost you $700, and I just, oh, I saw those on TV, I'd just love to have them. But if I've been around guys and I've seen that stuff all my life, yeah, it's not that big of a deal to me. There's right. less chance of me, you know, wasting my money. So we want to try to expose them to uh, communities, people, and places that they've never that they that they haven't seen, so that when they have that opportunity, they're a little bit more comfortable in that environment. Because you know, 
if I take you somewhere and everybody's, uh, you know, I'm not saying you're a beer drinker, but everybody's uh, drinking this beer, and you know, you come in and you have a glass of water, and everybody's looking at you like, what? You, what do you want to fit in? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you go into most of these locker rooms, every guy there, they've got their, you know, they've been in the league 10 years and you're a rookie, and every one of them's got a, a 400,000 square foot home, a old car, new car, girlfriend car, all this stuff. Well, you want to be one of the guys. Yeah. So you don't feel like you're one of the guys until you go out and buy right. that stuff. Well, you're only going to play two years. So, I don't know, we could go on about that one, but probably the most important thing is, is you know, live within your means and remember where you came from and, and don't, th don't, you know, don't live such that you'll wind up back there. I mean, because I've literally seen guys who've had two or three million dollars, you know, working at FedEx as a shipper. That's right. Greg, I mean, listen, uh, I, I really love everything you speak for. I think it's amazing what you're doing with the kids. I think you provide them an amazing opportunity. Um, you know, the language that you're speaking really resonates with me, not just me, but I know it's going to resonate with my audience. Um, how can everyone find out about you and what you're doing? Come to Texas. If you're in <laughs> Texas, we, you know, we're, we're, we're loving open people. There's the, it's really, a lot I've been to Dallas. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot to be said about Texas hospitality. And if you're ever, if you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, holler at us. We'll get you out to the ranch and let you come. We've actually got yeah. some of your your uh, countrymen, like I told you, coming in next week. Uh, some of your uh, sprinters from Britain, but uh, Athletic Performance Ranch uh, or APRanch.org. Uh, APRanch.org, guys. Yeah, and I'm the only goofy guy you'll see on the. The site, but there's a there's an, another beautiful YouTube video that kind of shows a little bit about the property yeah. uh, and what we're doing. It's called. We're going to put some images in there because that's uh, sort of footage earlier. It, it's breathtaking what you guys have done out there. And, and again, it's it, everything that we've done has really been built on love and uh, you know an amazing support from a, from a man uh, and you know and his he, he just uh, Mike is his name and Mike is always you know. His father was a coach. Uh, his whole family is involved in sports, and he's he's one of those rare people who has really done well. But instead, you know, instead of talking about it, I'm actually going to do it. He, I think his biggest misunderstanding is why more people aren't investing in our community. Right. Why are more people? You know, you can't take it with you. Why not do something that can live beyond you? Mm -hmm. And that's more people. Leave your mark. Yeah, yeah. leave your mark on some lives. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll tell you one last thing. I had, a, I had an aunt who had no children, and she had just about everything you can imagine throughout her life, uh, you know, very well taken care of. Uh, and I had a, my mother who had nothing but her five kids. Uh, but um, in their death, both of them have passed, but in their death, I really saw their lives. Now, my mother didn't have very much because anything she had, she was sharing. But boy, there were tons of people, people I'd never even imagined there to celebrate her. My aunt had everything, and a big part of that's probably because she wasn't sharing. Right. And there were no people. Right. And that, I, I say that very short, but that, that's, that's the decision I think most of us have to, to, to make is, do we want to leave things behind or do we want to leave people? Do we, wanna, do we want our impression to be on, on, you know, oh, everybody knew I had the nicest car, or everybody knew that they could definitely come and, and I would share a meal with them? And that, that's what we decided. We want to... We wanna, we want to leave people behind that know that we cared. 
Not that I plan dying anytime soon. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I mean, I'll be there for your funeral, bro. <laughs> well, I've rambled too much, and I no, no, appreciate this you guys. Absolutely taking pleasure, Greg. Right, awesome. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Hi guys, if you enjoyed the content, why not head over to my YouTube channel and hit subscribe. If you want to send me a message directly, head on over to my Instagram, London Dating Coach, where you can contact me directly.